Welcome to Explorers Wanted. We are a weekly Numenera actual play podcast. I will be your sweet and kind and gentle GM, woo-woo, Daniel Anderlich. With me today is Alex Finn. You ever start playing Baldur's Gate and then it gets way too horny on you? I thought that was the point. Yeah, but like three people at once, it was a little like, hey, there's not enough time to sleep and enough time to play with you guys. It's it's fine. Samson Davis. I mean, everyone has different definitions of power fantasy, so, <laughs> you know. And Stace Babcock. I don't know how to follow up the thirst. I just don't. I was like trying to think of thirsty <laughs> things to say. It's not in my heart, but. I'm happy for you guys. Thank you. <laughs> Stace's playthrough is just a bunch of good friends. He really is. Just a bunch of pals rolling around. <laughs> rolling around. Murdering people. I think they patched it so you can hug people. <laughs> a lot of firm handshakes. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep tripping on people's dicks. Damn. Did I show you guys that? I think it was like one of those hard drive photo memes that was a couple experiments with open relationship by playing Baldur's Gate 3 (laughs) (laughs) co-op. Try it before you buy Uh, it. Yeah. Yeah, Smart thing. (laughs) What's going to happen when they figure out they can't save scum in real life, though? I think, oh, God, I was watching some like people do a playthrough and one person was like, I'm going to seduce Astaria and the other person got the vampire scene and he's like, Lol, what happens if I, like, choose this option and he accidentally kills Astarion in front of the person? It was fucking hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what else is, Polly? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck, that's a good one. (laughs) Stace, that's brilliant. Oh, Polly, of course. Diehard Dice, they have a bunch of polyhedrals, just like your Baldur's Gate 3 campaign i don't know <laughs> but dieharddice.com if you go there you'll see a bunch of beautiful dice of different materials and colors and they're all beautiful but you got to pick the one that's good for you and your life but when you find it use our code explorers wanted you get 10 percent off your order and if you do it right now uh, if you're listening to this uh, during the 2023 holiday season can take advantage of their holiday like giveaway kind of thing where like the more stuff you buy you get more additional free stuff so you can get like dice bags and like full-on other sets of dice and stuff so go check that out and again when you go to check out use our code explorers wanted you get a high quality product for a little bit cheaper and you're helping to support the show so please and thank you all right who remembers what happened last time i'm gonna pick on samson so last time it was a new day. We woke up. We did some chores. Ilsen found a little back alley nano for her to uh, get someone to look at the implant that the ghouls put on her. Turns out it's not a tracker. It's a pacifier set to either stun or kill. So that's cool. Oh, I thought you meant the other kind of pacifier. We figured that out? Yeah. <gasps> that means I was right. <gasps> Heck yeah. You were? Well, I listed it off as a possibility, I think. I believe it. Yeah. Okay. Then All right. Yeah. Uh, someone give Stace an XP. Daniel. Daniel. (laughs) Daniel. (laughs) All right. Well, while Dan thinks about that, Ilsen left the implant with Reek the Nano to break it down and possibly get some out of it. We'll see. Meanwhile, Esri, Yasmin, and Geith go to Sephora on the Surface City and get their face did and also buy some makeup for uh, the train heist that we'll be doing. Yes. After all that, we meet up on Tier 8 at the Enclave. And then go to meet with Ferdinand to get our disguises and finalize the plan. Apparently, Yasmin's coming with us, which is a great idea and I love. So, awesome. Yes, it could be real tragic. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. we could avoid it. No. So, yeah, we finalize the plan tomorrow morning, Saturday morning. We are going to get on the train as civilians. Ten minutes after departure, we're going to change disguises and go back to the cargo Esri is going to distract while the rest of us sneak in, and then we are going to get the goods and then leave by an hour after departure. Oh, and we get to go to an orgy later. Left a lot of room for improvisations and winging it, so... Yeah, more room than I'm comfortable with. I like how at the end we were like... Honestly, this is the most concrete plan we've ever had. I know. (laughs) 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 It's the most preparation we've ever done for anything. Mm -hmm. It really is. So, yeah, that's kind of where we left it. But notably, not the most planning activity 
that you've ever done for something. It's just, this is the most concrete plan that's come out of it. Right. Oh yeah, we did a lot of planning for that other heist and we used none of it. That's right. Oh dang it. That means that we not only do we need to have a plan, we need to not abandon the plan. It's true. Also, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. When did we ever plan? I think we're talking about the OG warehouse heist where we had mm-hmm. a plan and then... We used none of it. We abandoned it immediately. I have no memory of this plan. We were just like, nah. Oh, yeah, because Italia leapt down without wearing a mask, and then everybody just basically ran for it and tried to fight their way out. And yet we still (laughs) haven't learned the importance of masks. I don't know. We're doing better. Uh, What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. We're doing very good. Not so much Magpie. Magpie, Master Thief, showed her face during the very first transit guild attack i say the royal we i need to listen to y'all session zeros as well also that was that the warehouse heists would have resulted in nick's killing tomorrow oh yeah (sighs) she would she just loved to be bad you know i miss her i don't miss that pee pervert (laughs) oh that pee pervert okay so i'm trying to remember you made the plan you got the makeup refresh my memory was yasmin going with you onto the train I think she is now. I think that because when we were talking about how far away the drop site was from the city, I didn't think that she could make it out there in time to be any good. Yeah. She's now coming on the train. Is there anything anybody wants to do before they go to sleep tonight and sleep till the next morning? I'm not sure if I'm going to get any use out of it, but can Ilsen stop by the apothecary again and get something that would help her throw up, like, immediately? Yeah. I was like, what's my oddity? And then I realized I never selected an oddity. Oh, yeah, I have that mirror. You know, Samson called two fingers. One, gross. Two, that's not what it's for. Okay, so you're looking for something that would allow you to throw up immediately. Yeah. I don't know what that would be, though. So I'm hoping the apothecary has it. I mean, it could just be, like, charcoal or something like that. that, was that work? Would that work? Is that a real thing I can do? I would assume so. I mean, if you just drink charcoal, yeah. it's it's yeah. going to make you throw up. And it's going to absorb toxins from your body. My brother had to drink charcoal after he ate a mushroom that may have been poisonous. It'll also absorb certain medications, so I hope Wilson isn't on any important medication. The point of this thing that I'm trying to get is just, like, I can ingest it and then, like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom everywhere out of my way. Like, that's the only thing I'm really planning for. Oh, okay. I thought you were like trying to set me up for something. Like, oh, I've got, I'm going to get Daniel to agree to this and then I'm going to surprise him with something around this. Uh, no, I have something else in mind for something like that. <gasps> Are you going to keister something? No. If it comes up, I'm going to want to try to spend an XP to do a Blades in the Dark, like retcon, pull some out of hat kind of thing. I was kind of oh. hoping we could do something like that. Yeah. He's keistering something. Yeah. Yeah. That would work for player intrusion, depending what it is. Right. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. I like the fact that we're using player intrusions more this campaign. <laughs> we remember we had them. Yeah. Okay. So, yes, I think you can go and you can get some charcoal from an apothecary. It, it's going to cost you, like, half a shin. Done. Wow, just throwing half shins around, money bags. <laughs> I still have way too many shins. I feel like bagpacking shopping. Just be careful. Sometimes they check for liquids when you board the trains. No, they don't. <laughs> And actually, I just thought about this. Can I leave my cure-all cipher with the Enclave so that I can then pick up my banishment cipher at Ilsen's apartment and not be overloaded on ciphers? Sure. Who are you giving it to? I'm leaving it at the Enclave. Give it to Tibu. Who would the medic be? Would it be Tibu? Rob. Mm. Rob. All right, I'm going to leave it with Rob. Rob looks at like, are you sure? This is kind of a big deal. I have no use for it, but if something happens, I would. you should have it in case. Okay, thanks. I'll I'll store it somewhere safe in case somebody comes down with something bad. Yeah, and remember, level five. All right, it's level five. What? What? I don't know what that means. Are you not a doctor? <laughs> He's like an eighteen-year-old who knows some first aid. <laughs> yeah. Get the Boy Scout thing, and now they're a doctor. No, I like set bones and sew up wounds. <laughs> Just remember that level five. You'll be fine. Uh, okay. <laughs> Anything anybody else wants to accomplish before? It's nighttime, and... So we've gotten disguises. Uh-huh. Did we get new masks? No, but that probably wouldn't help you because they're not going to be wearing masks on the train. Nobody wears masks on the Screamers once oh. they get out of the city. Magpie's gonna pull a shadow heart. What does that mean? Stay up all night bleaching her hair. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> okay. And Esri will have one more conversation with Yasmin. Okay, so, Alex, 
Yesen? Do I want to make this a roll, do I, or do I want to offer you an XP? <gasps> Are you going to make me bald? I want to offer you an XP. <laughs> yes! Bad bleach job, here we come. As someone who has bleached their hair several times, I know exactly how bad this can go. I, I guess I'm going to take it, because I have enough money to buy a wig. <laughs> okay. A good wig. Who will you give the other XP to? How's everybody for extra XP? I believe I am ahead by a lot, so... Because I have three advancements, zero XP. I have three XP and one advancement. So then Samson? Yes, Samson. Yeah, Samson needs to catch up. Plus he already told us he's planning on spending one. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Well, now I have four XP, so... Hmm. Oh, now you gotta think about it. You should save one! Let's roll in with no XP. Yes, let's do that. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> Well, I have one that I can throw him in an emergency. So, Magpie, as you are bleaching your hair using whatever the Ninth World uses for bleach, probably like gastric acid from some sort of creature, it's really painful this time. Like, way more painful than anything you've had before. And your bleaching comes out sort of inconsistent and strange, and you develop this deep red irritation in your scalp. That can happen in real life. Yes, but this one's quite bad because it's gastric acid, mm-hmm. so it sort of denatures some of the scalp. So it's a very distracting pain. You will be hindered by one step on social interactions for 28 hours. Okay, but in addition, she's going to... So it's like spotty, right? Mm-hmm. So she's going to... Probably cut off most her hair and go buy a wig. A good wig. That's fair. You could get a wig for three shins. They're a luxury item. They're not a common item. It's a very lovely bob. Esri. Yasmin's kind of getting ready for bed for the night. And your bedroll is like in the next sort of like separated area from hers. Because Yasmin likes to be closer to you. Aw. Esri will go over and just be like, hey, Yasmin, you got a second? Yeah, sure. Let's uh, step out back. Oh, okay. You step out back where the latrine has been getting lots of use. It'd be really great when somebody finds a toilet creature yeah. to bring into the enclave, because it's getting a little ripe back here. Side quest. Mm-hmm. So, I think you understand what I expect from you tomorrow, but I just wanted to explain why. So, you know how I ended up at the workhouse, right? Um, something with your dad? Right. I was helping my dad with crime. I was a lookout, and when they arrested me, they didn't care that I was young. They didn't care that I was just the lookout. Put me in the workhouse just the same. So if you get caught tomorrow, if we get caught tomorrow, no one's going to care how old you are when it comes time to send you to the workhouse or prison or hang. So take me seriously, please. I am. I don't want you to go back there. I don't either. All right. That was it. Get some rest. Are you hydrated? Yeah, I've I've been drinking coffee. Yeah, sure. What is medical science? Okay, good. Do you need anything else? Because we're going to sleep, we're going to wake up, we're going to rob a train. Yeah, um, I'm excited. I, I think I'm good. I got one of these just in case. And she pulls a dagger out from underneath her mattress in a sheet. Do, do you know what to do with that? I've been practicing. Run if you can. Yeah, I'll run if I can. Fight if I can't run. And if it looks like they're going to take me, I'll take care of it. If you just implied that you are going to kill yourself, then don't do that. I mean, if I survive, I'll mount a rescue for sure. Okay. All right. Break. (laughs) Good night, Yasmin. Yasmin goes to sleep, or lays down anyway, and then you go to bed as well. Mr. Tompkins hops up on your bed after you hear Yasmin start to snore. He wanders over and nuzzles his face against your cheek. Aww. Esri nuzzles back. You're not going without me. That's correct. Just want to make sure that's clear. I'm coming too. Yes. I'll make sure to come get you when I wake up. Unless you're just going to be right here, in which case makes it easy. Well, I'm a cat. I walk where I will. I know. I respect that. Get some sleep, Esri. You look tired. I am tired. (laughs) She's not Zuko. She'll fall asleep. Okay, everyone. It's the next morning. It's time to meet up at the rendezvous site that Ferdinand set for you. (sighs) Yasmin's all dressed up. She's obviously got makeup, so it still needs to be kind of 
redone, but she'll need help with that. She was trying to pay attention when they were doing it, but it's sort of a new thing. And yeah, you guys are going to the rendezvous point unless there's something else you want to do before you get there. Just so you know, the rendezvous point is like fairly early. So there is not an enormous amount of time this morning to run any other errands. Like it's, it's just about game time. Side note, on that ecstasy glass. Yeah. How does that work again? <laughs> so when you use the ecstasy glass, you light some candles. When you press the button, Alex, you're an adult. You should know this by now. Um, <sighs> so you open the glass, you press the button, and you look into the glass. The user is then suffused with intense and lasting pleasure. At the end of that, when they reach the moment, when that finishes, you know, <laughs> climaxes, if you will, you get to take a recovery roll that doesn't count against any of your other recovery mm. rolls. So don't use it in combat. Well, no, I was just like, would that work against being in- impaired against social rolls? No, because your thing is 28 hours. Yeah. So the recovery roll won't remove it. Yeah. How many hours has it been since that happened? 28 hours from when you finished doing your hair. So definitely going to persist throughout the heist. Uh, fine. It's so bad. <laughs> Nobody wants to look at you because of it. That's a good thing. She's wearing a wig. Oh. It's a wonderful wig. Well, I think it's not, it's not just like how it looks because you can also cover that up with makeup. It's also like the uncomfortableness, like the little twitches in Magpie's face that are going to be... Mm. Yeah. That's what I'm imagining. That's why she can't do the positive social interaction because she keeps like... Yeah, it's like a constant irritating pain. Yeah. And it's the kind of thing, too, that it also, like, it hurts, but that it also itches. But you can't scratch it because you know that will make it even worse. You mean like a tattoo? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, Magpie's also done her makeup. Yeah, a tattoo that covers your entire scalp. Sure. People do that. Okay. And Ilsen does have a new face. Okay. Do you at least wear your mask to the rendezvous point so that people at least recognize, oh, it's Ilsen before you just show up with a different face at your secret rendezvous point? <sighs> yeah, I suppose. Okay. I was, I'm just looking out for you. I don't want Ferdinand to react like, oh, we're blown. We need to, <laughs> we need to get rid of this interloper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That'd be funny, though. For five seconds. Nobody's getting blown this morning. Oh. That's going to be a long day. Okay, folks, you ready to finger this train? <laughs> Does he actually say we that? Have to say it like that. <laughs> so, you guys arrive. This rendezvous point that Ferdinand has picked out is actually great. It's a spot near the station for the screamers that none of you knew existed. Mm-hmm. Like, you didn't know how to get to it before. Like, it never even occurred to you to look. But the directions he's given you kind of lead you up a little higher through, like, what looks to be, like, some maintenance access to the building. And you guys have a little lookout point over where the train is getting ready to go. It's not time for the passengers to board yet. It's still loading cargo. And they're just getting ready to start loading cargo. And... You can see it, but the gap that you look through to see it is just narrow enough that it's not going to be obvious unless somebody's looking very closely that there are people up there. Or unless you do something like really stupid, like make a loud noise. And there's a lot of noise in here anyway. So, you know, you'd have to be very loud or you'd have to do something stupid like make a bright light, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's honestly a really good spot. When you guys arrive, there's no one there. I'm going to say Ilsen gets there first. Magpie arrives soon after. And then Esri, Yasmin, and Mr. Tompkins come wandering up. Esri, why is the cat here? Mr. Tompkins says he's coming. Mr. Tompkins goes where he wants to go. Mr. Tompkins sits, looks at you, Ilsen, and twitches his tail. Esri, you know it's okay to say no, you know? To Mr. Tompkins? Mr. Tompkins' ears go back. Oh, this is going to be great. All right, Mr. Tompkins, what's your... uh qualifications for this. Mr. Tompkins looks at you, then begins licking his paw. He's a very powerful kitty. Do they even let the pets on the train? Did you even check? Mr. Tompkins stops, sits, looks up at you. They won't even see me. The first time he's spoken to anyone but Esri. Yasmin is just like, her jaw drops. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, you do talk. (laughs) Ilsen is just like, face has gone blue screen. I thought Esri was losing it. No offense, Esri. None taken. Really hanging on by a thread. Okay. okay. He's a very powerful kitty. Your disguise sucks, by the way. <laughs> you still smell the same. Well, I'm not trying to trick you. Good. 
Because you wouldn't. <laughs> Good, because I don't want to. Is this just the season of Everyone Hates Ilsen? No, it's not. Mr. Tompkins just yawns and stretches. And when he stretches, he stretches out like a big stretch, like <gasps> big a skinny, stretch. but he also stretches out his wings at the same time. Samson, what kind of wingspan would a cat have to have in order to be able to fly? The general rule of thumb, and it's probably, it's got to be like, for a cat that big, like it's got to, like twice its body length, I think. Woo! Jesus. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so it's a wide stretch when he stretches out his wings all the way. So assuming normal cat size, maybe like, actually no, cats are relatively heavy. They dance. And does Mr. Tompkins have hollow bones? You don't know. Right, that might be like a six foot wide wingspan. They really fold up, huh? It's a long. Let's assume it's like not a full six feet. Let's say maybe he's got some kind of like weird air bladder or something like that. Okay, yeah. Maybe a smaller kitty, like on the smaller side, too. Yeah. And then, yeah, that could be like a. Yeah, he's slender. Considering how much he eats, he's still very slender. All right, and then, yeah, you could probably do five feet with that. And it doesn't matter when a cat is stepping on you because each one of their little paws is like a black hole when it goes down singularly against mm-hmm. you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mr. Tompkins, why do you want to come along? What is your greatest strength and your greatest weakness? Well, it also, it, it just seems like this might be a bit more, be kind of a rigid day for you, you know? Because things need to happen in a particular order, at a particular time, whether we want them to or not. Mr. Tompkins looks up at Esri. Someone needs to look out for her. She can't even hunt. She's told me before all she's hunted is rocks. Harder than it sounds. I'm sure. All right. Okay. I have, I have nothing to say. Magpie, how's your morning? Yeah, you smell strange. Well, at least I've done a better disguise than some people then. All right, I don't need two people being catty today, all right? Makes a little paw when she does that. <laughs> Mr. Tompkins, one ear goes back in annoyance, and then he gets up and starts winding himself between Esri's legs. Doing that thing where oh. as he does it, he like curls a tail around her leg as as he goes through. I may have had a mishap, but it's fine. It's fine. We'll just be more aggressive today. Okay. I'm not quite sure what that means. Yasmin, do you have any surprises for us this morning? No, I think I'm ready to go. Excellent, says Ferdinand as he steps out of the shadows. I'm glad to hear everybody seems ready to go. He sees Yasmin. It is such a pleasure to see you again. And he bows, takes her hand, and gives her knuckles a little kiss, and she blushes. Ilsen, I see you're sporting a new look. Magpie, you seem a little on edge. It might be appropriate for the situation. We're guards today, aren't we? I suppose. And it's at that point you notice that what Ferdinand is wearing is essentially an Imperial Army uniform that marks him as a lieutenant. God damn it. Fuck him. He looks at Esri like, Esri, you are consistent as always. And Kitty? That's correct. That is the right term. All right. Uh, Should you really be bringing your pet on a job like this? Esri internally goes, ooh, and then looks at Mr. Tompkins. Mr. Tompkins just sits down, lifts his back leg, and starts licking his junk. I'm not bringing any pets today. Mr. Tompkins is a valued friend. Ferdinand nod. Of course. Nobody wants to ask Esri if she's losing it. Everyone's just like, the, the big one with the big hammer. Yeah, because they look at her and then they look at her belts that are the size of their face. And they're like, you know what? This is the cost doing business with Esri. <laughs> well, everyone's here. Everyone's disguises look lovely. We're here at the right time. They've just started loading cargo. I have yet to see the appearance of our package yet, so this will be interesting to see when it arrives. What do you know about when it will arrive or what it will even look like? Well, I don't know exactly what it'll look like. It'll definitely be a crate. It'll most likely be one crate based off of the quantity of items that we're expecting. And it will definitely be moved in by its escorting guard. But other than that, we won't know much. It'll definitely have Imperial sigils on it. And they have to load it relatively soon because passengers need to start boarding in about 30 to 40 minutes. And they need to have it completely secured and all the cargo checked before then. Mm -hmm. And I imagine it's heavy. So I think they'll probably need, if they're not going to use one of the the cranes over there to move it in. They're going to need a lot of people to lift it and move it in. All right. So then should we split up now just to 
No, let's watch them load it. Then we know what we're up against. No, I meant uh, split up now, have somebody stay here to watch it load so somebody knows what it is, but at least have a few of us be seen as not being... Oh, okay. Well, yes, we could split up and head to the passenger loading area. Somebody could stay behind and watch it get loaded. I'll stay. Uh, I'll stay as well. Okay. So apparently half of us are going to go to the passenger area. Fine by me. Just make sure you're back to the passenger area in time. Once the passenger area builds up a lot more activity, you don't want to be seen coming from this direction. Mm -hmm. The sooner that you can get there, the less likely you might stand out. Or rather, the less likely someone notices you because there will be less people. Right. Mr. Tompkins, do you want to stay or go? Mr. Tompkins winds through your legs again and then just sits. Okay. Save me a seat, Yasmin. All right. Ferdinand just watches that interaction with Mr. Tompkins and it's like, (laughs) all right. Well, that's settled. (laughs) He extends his arm out to Yasmin. Shall we, my lady? And she blushes, takes his arm, and they go walking towards the passenger area. And I assume Magpie is following. Yeah. From behind Yasmin's back, Esri makes whatever the ninth world equivalent of double flies is at (laughs) Ferdinand. What do you want it to be? Collaborative world building. Here it goes. Ah, there's so many things it could be. It'd be like the classic up yours. I don't know how many different crude. I need help, guys. Well, there's there's different things like so like there's the up yours. There's the British, which is the two fingers. Mm -hmm. There's the Greek, which is like pushing your hand Mm. out, which is supposed to symbolize like shoving shit in your face. Ooh, I like that one. The old shit shove. (laughs) Okay. He'll send kind of snickers and then <laughs> tries to hide it as like a cough or something. Yeah, yeah. Is Magpie following them or no? Yeah, she should probably make sure Yasmin's okay. Oh, yes. Esri might stab her in her sleep. <laughs> Magpie goes into chaperone. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 no. And she's an angry chaperone, too. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Just what every team wants. Mm. This one might. She seems obsessed. So, yeah, you guys get down to the passenger waiting area. There's not many people in there at the time. I would say, Magpie, you are experienced enough to know that even though you guys are moving in a group and you're chaperoning, you're smart enough to stay like a few steps back so it's not all three of you entering at the same time so that you guys can look like different people as opposed to people that are traveling together. There aren't a whole lot of people in here. There's a few people milling about. It's sort of segmented into like the first class waiting area and the coach class waiting area. First class is full of some rich people that look like they're just sort of leisurely sitting and and resting, kind of getting ready. These might be people that travel a lot already. There's like a few families that are sort of anxiously holding their tickets and looking at their tickets, double-checking them again and again. It's probably their first time ever on a screamer. And back up at the hideout, Mr. Tompkins kind of flies up and rests on Ezra's shoulder so that he can get a good view of what's going on down there. As you guys are watching, and you do notice at some point, one of the cargo cars, they move to, there seems to be a bit more of a production, like they sort of clear the floor area for several cars before they open it, the side. And you see bringing in this crate, first on like a wheeled cart, and it's definitely got a crate that's got the Imperial seal on it. It's a big crate. Like, it's the kind of thing that, like, it's probably six feet in length and four feet wide and about six feet high. There's a military representative there, some sort of officer. You would say officer based off of the way people are reacting to them, although they are not wearing any insignia of rank. Can we see their face from here? Uh, Give me a perception roll of deceit. Clearly, I don't think it's going to be that bad. I think it's like a nine. Okay. Save my points and roll that straight. Nope. Seven. Yeah, it's a little too distant. You vaguely get the sense of, you know, somebody who probably tans a lot. They don't look like it's a natural complexion. And, you know, beyond the fact that they're sort of clean shaven, you can't really tell. You th- you're you pretty sure it's a man. Okay. From this distance. That's not always a guarantee, but you're you're fairly sure. But you can't really make out enough details of the face to you know, really have any sort of recognition or anything like that. Okay. All right. They bring it over and then there's actually like a, it's not mechanical. It's like a manual, like crank crane that they bring over to lift it up and load it into the vehicle. 
you see a transit guild representative hop on board along with this officer person to go in, presumably to check the bill of lading and confirm it's there. Mm -hmm. And then you see the transit guild employee comes out, the officer hops down, the officer looks off in the direction that the crate came from and snaps his fingers, and you watch 10 military guards come out and file into the cargo compartment before they shut it. Oh, boy. How many? So, 10 of them in there, Esri. Holy shit. You're going to be doing a majority of the fighting. Do you think you can distract 10? I can distract any number of people, yes. How long the distraction lasts now. Right. What car is this being put on in reference to the rest of the train? Is this, like, the last car, second to last car, that kind of thing? It's like a middle cargo compartment. Okay. Based off of what Ferdinand was expecting, there should be transit guild employees sort of standing between like somebody going from the passenger cars into the cargo cars. You know, that that's the level of security they have probably at most. Maybe two transit guild employees if it's the rich person stuff, but the rich person stuff, it could be on the last car for all we know. Because um, you can't necessarily see what everything is when it's loading in. This one just happened to be very prominent because of the escort. You knew what to look for. You would assume that there'll be like row cars between the passenger car and when you get to that one and you know that there will be guards at that door. You're not sure if those guards will be out of that 10 or if there are more guards getting on okay. because nobody else is on yet. And where are the passenger cars in relation to the cargo and I guess the engine as well? Is the, are we assuming the engine's like in the front or like normal train? The engine of a screamer's in the front and the passenger cars are connected to the engine. Okay. The cargo's always in the far back. Gotcha. Gotcha. Because you, you can tell like the way this station is designed, like what you're looking at right now is the cargo area and the screamers pulled up enough so that cargo cars are next to the cargo area. The passenger cars are in wherever the passenger loading area is going to be, but there's no like cross pollination between there's like a, a wall there. So unless you went like tried to climb down onto the tracks and like wander over, okay, you have no idea if the stations at the other facilities are this same level of quality you just don't have any idea about the construction of what's out in the other cities. Mm -hmm. Although you would assume that ballast wouldn't be because, you know, even even if it was like 200 years ago, it's still, you know, relatively new in terms of how it was established within Corpus's territory. Right. Or how it was stolen from Argothy, rather. That's not ill sense problem. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not ever. All right. Um, okay, we see the cargo. Uh... I guess I'll head down first. All right. See you soon. Well, Sen's going to go to the passenger area. Okay. So it's getting a little bit more busy now. So to avoid being noticed coming in from this direction, I would like you to make a nine stealth roll. All right. I am trained in stealth. So that's a six. Six? I'll roll a six straight and see what happens. Six exactly. Nice. You managed to come in. Nobody notices you as you sort of blend in with the crowd that's heading into the passenger loading area. It's sort of like European airports where they do that stupid thing at the gate where they say, okay, now everybody checks your passes, but that doesn't actually get you in the train. It goes to this like other like corral that you're waiting to, for them to open the doors and enter. Mm -hmm. So like your boarding number really didn't matter, except that like you could sort of finagle yourself closer to the door for when it opens. Right, right. You're in there. No problem. Esri. Esri will wait several moments and then do the same thing. She's going to try to look like a member of the military who is exactly where she's supposed to be. Mr. Tompkins looks at you and says, I'm going to be uh, distracting. They won't see me, but I'll, I will meet you on the train. You won't see me either. Okay. And he goes running off ahead. Esri, give me a 12 stealth roll. A 12? Is this uh, social? No, stealth. But she's trying to act like she's exactly where she's supposed to be. She's not trying to hide. That might work for you if somebody notices you and you need to... Okay, very well. 13. Okay. You manage to slip into the passenger area unnoticed from what angle you're going to. And you can see that Ferdinand and Yasmin are in one corner, not too far from, like, that nervous family that I mentioned described earlier when Magpie came in. They seem to be ch chattering, like, Ferdinand is saying something that makes Yasmin laugh. Ugh. <laughs> Watch this slowly become an assassination instead of a heist. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, where would Magpie have positioned herself when she came in? 
I think it's kind of uh, almost directly behind Ferdinand and Yasmin. Like, she's his bodyguard or something. Oh, so now you look like you're together. Yeah, like the underling watching out for Superior. Uh, okay. Fair, fair. Okay. I thought about it. Where would Ilsen have positioned herself? I guess as close to the doors as she can, but separate from Ferdinand, Yasmin, and Magpie, and separate from Esri. I'm going to say, Ilsen, you're probably on high alert since you just came in. So you see Esri come in like a few minutes later, mm-hmm. notably with no sign of Mr. Tompkins. Ilsen can't decide if that's good or bad. None of us know yet. <laughs> <laughs> this passenger area fills up. The screamers, for as expensive as they are, it's there's a lot of passengers in the coach section, which seems unusual to you that there would be this many people in here. It, it strikes you off. There's 17 crews trying to knock off this train. <laughs> <laughs> it's like standing room only, which again, while screamers are big, I mean, they have more levels than a droner. The droners are usually two levels. Streamers are three levels and extend for three cars. But your impression was always that, you know, most of the time those seats are empty. Mm-hmm. But it's like standing room only in here. And you see a lot of like people that are clearly from the Warrens wearing rather, you know, what you'd expect for clothing in the Warrens. And they just keep nervously checking their tickets. Mm-hmm. We have our tickets, right? We- you have okay, your tickets. Good. Yeah. Ferdinand arranged tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First time on a screamer, they'll send kind of just... This woman that you're talking to next to you looks up, and she's there with a kid. Yeah, we got a we got a job out at the uh, the Western Farming Houses. Nice. You know, it's it's serfdom, but the payout when we finish our indenture is really really good. Could set us up. Yeah. How long do you have on that? Well, it's about 15 years, so it's more about an investment for little Jackie here. Yeah. Maybe bringing her up in the city ain't the best idea. So good on you finding that. Yeah, this place is. Uh, I mean, it's always been rough, but with all the talk and the all the stuff in the papers, I just, it's going to be safe anymore. I think something bad's going to happen. I mean, people have been saying that for years, but who knows? I don't know. I mean, I know everybody seems confident, but uh, the stuff in today's paper, it's, it's not good. Oh, I missed today's paper. What happened? <sighs> just war's coming and war, they say war's good for the economy, but it's always rough on the Warrens. Does Ilsa know what happens when Corpus gets warlike? No, you haven't been there long enough. Okay. Who's talking war? You're not going in their direction, are you? No, no, I'm not trying to do that. I said the West and, you know, Pockers never really push. They they just tend to stay where they are. I figure the farther West I am, the less likely I am to be impacted by anything. There's nothing out past the wastelands. And so the Western farmlands, I think, would be best. Mm-hmm. Well, stick to your ticket. Just... I've been on these once or twice. Just listen to what Transit Guild says, or otherwise just stay in your seat. You'll be fine. Okay. Thanks. Listen, evens or odds? Odds. Dace roll die. Evens. That was a 20. Wasted. Wasted. Wow. Get shit on. Listen, yeah, you, you don't know what she's talking about. Like, I mean, you had heard, like, rumblings about stuff in the paper, but you didn't think it was anything on this level. Yeah. You don't know. I mean, you haven't seen today's Corpus Caller or the Lathe Weekly, for that matter. Right. Would there be a little newspaper stand somewhere in this passenger area or nearby? Sure. Yeah. I, I, I think there's one in the area. It's it, There's enough time to get to it before the doors open. You could definitely do that. All right. Uh, then, yeah, she'll politely excuse herself and then go snag a paper and, and then come back to the passenger area before she even reads it. Okay. Are you grabbing the Lathe Weekly or the Corpus Caller? I'll tell you the top headline for each. Okay. The Corpus Caller's front page has two primary headlines. Obviously, you write your articles and you propose like headlines for your articles, but your editor ultimately has final say in what your article's headline is. Finger Dips into Smelting Factory <laughs> by Ilsen Vite. Oh my god, that's beautiful. And then Bertrand's article, Terrorists Among Us. And then the Lathe Weekly's primary article says... Margothy threatens retaliation for assassination attempt. All right. Writing down ass attempt in my notes. I'm going to hope that I know. I remember what that means. <laughs> there was an attempt at ass. Don't get it confused with the finger. Now. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, Ilsen will pick up the Lathe Weekly because she's already read most of the stories in Corpus Caller. So she knows what's going on there. Yeah. Just not Are Bertram's. You, sure? you shouldn't invest. Yeah. Read Bertram's. I think he's fingering at you. I mean, you could do either. I mean, all you know is that Mopstol did say Bertram turned in a banger. 
But you also know the Lay of the Weekly probably has more information that no one at the Corpus Caller would have. Yeah, she'll she'll look into Bert's story when she gets back, if she remembers. But yeah, for now, she's just going to buy the Lathe Weekly. Okay, so you buy the Lathe Weekly, and you go back to your area. Who was assassinated? Who does it say? So again, most of Lathe Weekly's articles, whereas you guys do the puff pieces to fund your journalism, mm-hmm. Lathe Weekly does some hard investigation, but they're not like puff pieces that they do the rest of the time. Like, they're engaged in propaganda. A lot of the times. And it says essentially that Margothy has, they say falsely, Margothy claims that Corpus was engaged in an attempted assassination of Rhinest Fern, presumptive heir to the royal family. Margothy claims that they subdued an agent from Corpus who attempted the assassination. They also believe that, that this is a coordinated attack on the throne due to a previous successful assassination attempt on Frindilda Fern, the second in line to the throne, and that Margothy is threatening retaliation and war and what with the other rumors swirling about terrorists within Lathe operating for on Margothy's behalf. The Imperial Army is preparing for war. And there's a quote there from the Emperor who simply says, if Margothy wants to start a war over this false accusation, we will finish it. I think he'll send just quietly wonders to herself if Margothy will actually back up its threats. Yeah, there is a quote there. Now, again, it's propaganda, so you have no idea if it's legit or not. But it does say there's a quote from Queen Arbest Fern that says, too long has Corpus dominated the lands with the influence of its empire. It's time for the world to be in better hands. Better fingers. No. Yes. For once, I actually agree with the queen. Nilsen tucks up the newspaper and... Did she say that out loud? No. Okay. I was going to say, I, as a random (laughs) civilian, perception check. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you guys definitely see Ilsen read the paper, but can't really tell anything about it. Yeah. She's reading the front page headline. So on the back, what you're seeing are things like ads for different stores and recruitment ads for the surf-based farming houses. Yeah. Ninth World Elvis strikes again. <laughs> Bigfoot scene on Western Front. Yeah. Listen, do you read any more of the paper, by the way? I think she would, just to, like, pass the time and, you know, appear as a civilian. Just Most of the rest of the articles are interesting. Like, they're they're not, like, huge. They're not groundbreaking. There's a new art exhibit that's coming up at the Senate Museum. Something you might want to rob. And there's gossip about mm-hmm. Fornamallo's Consorts Guild and who they might be servicing the most on the Senate floor. Ooh. <laughs> Ilsen blushes at that one. <laughs> yeah. There's a weird little ad in there that says, have you seen a burrower? No, you haven't. Did nobody believe you? I will. Looking for any information. <laughs> tier 5, and then there's an address on Tier 5 for Ask for Odo. Ooh, that's a side quest if I've ever heard one. Mm-hmm. Writing that down, see if I remember it. Is there anything on Senator Stibbs? Because it's been a few days since that whole incident. Any movements? Any Senator Stip? Stip? Stip. Yeah, actually. So there is an article about how Senator Stip is mounting a personal investigation into the possibility of Margothy terrorists within the city of Lathe. She is currently proposing a review of any known individuals of Margothy nationality that may be within the city. It's a bit of an uphill battle for her to press that because it's a bit of a headache to try to track down people in the city. It's not like it's got a full documentation system, but that's what she's pushing for right now. Okay. Does the article say why she is interested in doing this? What her motivation is? She doesn't say anything like, somebody was in my house. No, yeah, I'm not. She says... We are all concerned about these rumors, and certainly with the nation of Margothy's threats of war, it makes sense for us to identify these terrorists, capture them, and make an example of them so that people know that you cannot attack the fine nation of Corvus in this way. Mm. How convenient for her. Again, she says that internally. Okay. And with that, some Transit Guild employees start opening up the doors. They open up first the door to the first-class seating area, and the first-class seating area kind of heads out. And once everybody's out of there, they shut that door. Obviously, they're loading up onto their car. 
About 15 minutes later, they come and open up the coach class. Now, there are two coach cars. There's enough people here to fill like one and a half coach cars, which is unreal compared to what, you know, would normally be the case. There must be a lot of people heading out for jobs right now. Mm -hmm. Or a lot of people just trying to get out of the city. Could be. I mean, if it's people just trying to get out of the city, they're probably spending everything that they've saved to get out. Go through the door and you can see the coach car. There's the one right behind the first class section and there's the one that lines up next to the first cargo cart. You presume you can't really see the cargo carts from here, but that would make sense based off of where you saw the wall when you were looking over. If there isn't assigned seating, Ilsen will try to get as close to the cargo car as she can. Right. Yeah, there's no assigned seating on coach. The first class seats are assigned. You go ahead for the one that's closer to the cargo cart. What about Esri? She'll want to be close to cargo as well, since she's going to start the whole thing. Okay. So you head to that one as well. What about Magpie? Well, where are Ferdinand and Yasmin? Ferdinand and Yasmin are heading towards the one that's closer to the first class car. She's following. We like to put all of our sneaky people in one basket. Okay. I guess except Ilson. Is Ilson that sneaky? Yeah, Ilson's pretty sneaky. Yeah, we'll see. I can hang. In two baskets. So, Ilson, you approach the cargo car. There's a transit killed employee there checking tickets. Ilson does the thing, hands the ticket at the proper time. They look at it, punch it, hand it back to you. First level's kind of full. You might want to try the second or third if you're looking for a seat. All right. Thank you. And you... <laughs> So <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, you go up. Esri, same thing. Punch your ticket. They tell you the same thing. They look at you and say, oh, Sergeant, I still won't spring for first class or sergeants, huh? No, that's all right. Then I'd have to sit with the officers. Fair, fair. I did a little time myself in the Imperial Army. I'm sorry. <laughs> Best thing I ever did until this. And he punches your ticket and lets you on. Then she finds a seat. Okay. There are enough seats on the second level of this that you can sit there. Do you sit together or separate? Separate, for sure. Separate. Okay, cool. So you sit separate. The seats, they have, it's sort of like any other train. Like There are seats that face towards the back, and there are seats that face towards the front. I was about to say towards the front, because I get motion sick sitting backwards on a train, but I guess Esri can sit backwards on a train and be fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So she does. She's definitely facing the back. Yeah. Live out your power fantasy. Mm-hmm. Is there a way we can position ourselves so that we're, like, keeping an eye on each other? We can see, like, behind one another? Yes. Yes. So you could position yourself so that you're facing forward in another seat farther back. Yes. Okay. So you guys do that. Ferdinand gets on board. He chats with the Transit Guild employee. And he says something that makes them laugh and Yasmin blush. No! But everything makes Yasmin blush. Anyway, they get their tickets punched and... Ferdinand leads her in. There's a few people in between you, Magpie, like they just kind of muscled their way in. But you go up, they ask for your ticket, and they look up at you. And Magpie, at this point, I need you to make some sort of roll to see how well you've disguised yourself, how obvious it is. Joke's on you, Daniel. I had enough experience points to give myself training in disguise. Ha ha! Yes. <laughs> nice. Okay. So, your face is very well known to the Transit Guild at this point. But this is also, like, there's enough differences in your look and things like that. And this guy is, like, dealing with a ton of people. So, this is a 12. Your skill will make it a 9. And it's going to be intellect-based. Cut an 18. Nice. Okay. He does not, like, two and two doesn't click for him. Um, He punches your ticket, tells you, first two levels are getting pretty full. You might want to try the third level, just so you know. I'm on guard duty. You guard him. That asshole up there. Oh, well, you better book it. He's, I saw him going up the stairs pretty quickly. Thanks. Good luck. Magpie, you get on board. You start going up the stairs. You do not see Ferdinand and Yasmin on the second level. So I assume you continue up to the third. Mm Mm-hmm. You see them seated next to each other, facing towards the back, but the seats surrounding them are all full. Ferdinand has leaned over and he's whispering something in Yasmin's ear, and she covers her mouth as she kind of almost, you can tell she's probably giggling, but you're too far away as you're first coming up to hear anything. <sighs> Stace's expression every time I do this, like, <laughs> like I've never seen Stace like have this such a, like a protective parent look on her face. I'm trying to decide how much Magpie would like get into the protect. Like, be like, oh, yeah, Esri's not going to like this. I need to, like, watch closer. Versus the, 
I really don't want to have to bully somebody out of their seat in this condition. <laughs> mm, yeah. It's like the only time Magpie's like, I don't really want to be a bully. Yeah, I know. It's weird. It's like someone has a face that says, please bully me. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Oh, I think she's going to sit close enough that she can still, like, pretend she's a bodyguard, but not force anybody to get up from their seat. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, do you have to sit on screamers? They're very fast. At least when you when it starts leaving, you want to be in a chair. Mm. These are like essentially ninth world Shinkansen's, except huger and louder. Like part of me wants to see if she can find a way to be right behind Ferdinand and Jasmine. Uh, those seats are full, so you would have to get somebody to leave the seat. And Okay, sh- bully. Let's try it. Okay. Okay, so you go up to the person behind them there, and uh, what do you say to them? Official duty. You need to move. Uh, these seats aren't assigned. I, I, you know, my kid and I just got settled in. The little boy with her, like, looks really nervous. Do you really want to put him behind an officer actively flirting with a young woman? Um, I, I'm, I don't eavesdrop on people. You know kids do. Peachy. And I know this officer. This isn't going to be educational. Uh, oh, man. Okay, so here's the deal. You're trying to bully, which means you can't mm-hmm. use peacefully open communications. You are hindered by mm-hmm. a stat, but you are wearing uniform. Mm-hmm. And she is trained in persuasion. So that underhinders me? That unhinders you. So that would make it a... I think it's a nine, because honestly, this person is somebody from the Warrens. Like, they're not... And you're wearing a mm. uniform, so it's not like they're going to put up too much of a fight. But it is a nine to try to do it. Ten. Okay, they get up and move seats. The boy, like, his face just looks, like, sad. Like, he's just on edge. He's probably nervous about moving. There's a window seat over there. Okay, okay. We don't want any trouble. And she kind of hurriedly moves her boy over to those seats, and you sit down. She sits and taps the seat. Like, she's directly behind Fernand, so she taps his seat. Um, he utterly ignores you from what you can tell. I mean, you can't see his face because you're behind him. Oh, yeah, she just wants to establish her presence. Yeah. She's like, just be Esri. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. You do hear Ferdinand say something to Yasmin. Like, sometimes people are just so rude, don't you think? And you don't hear Yasmin's response. <laughs> All right. Everybody finishes boarding the trains. The train doors close. There's a transit guild person who kind of walks through each car on each level, kind of checking to make sure everybody's secured. Going around, they're saying like, Please stay in your seats until we get to full speed. It's not safe during acceleration to be moving around the cabin. Those of you who are facing backwards, you will find harnesses that you can strap in with. You will want those for acceleration. As she puts hers on. Those of you facing forward, you probably do still want to strap in just in case. Highly unlikely that we'll have any surprise deceleration during the leaving. But if there is an obstruction or something like that, you know, for safety's sake you'll you'll want to take care of that we'll be on board if you need anything we're going to be moving to our safety seats but once it is safe to move around we'll be available if somebody has questions or needs something and i see a lot of faces here today and it's like all of them are giving the same speech it's like a rehearsed Mm -hmm. thing i see some faces on here they're clearly new get ready to ride one of the most amazing innovations of our great nation and they move the seats and you can hear this distant like hum. It's much louder for Magpie because you're closer to the engine, but it's this like hum that's going up. It's, it's almost like the sound of like a spaceship engine from like a sci-fi thing that like, not like a rocket, but like a space station engine, like powering up mm-hmm. and then feel the screamer, like start to move just a little bit. And you can see through the windows, like you're still in the station, you're still in the station. As soon as like you, the passengers get beyond the edge of the station, you notice there's more and more acceleration. And as it heads towards out of the city, and then once it starts getting closer to the edge, there is a tone that goes off. And you hear the transit guild employees from their safety couches look up. They're holding little timepieces. And they said, be ready for acceleration in three, two, one. And the screamer screams. And that's where we'll end this episode. So so many people to choose from. Well, three people to choose from, but it's hard. (laughs) 
Who else is here, Dan? Starbucks here. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, Starbucks. What did you think about the episode? She thought it's kind of a load of crap that I'm recording this episode instead of paying attention just to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what about Stace then? Stace, something about this episode. Ooh, uh, yeah, we're actually trying to do this logically. We're using our brains. We're successfully on the train. But bad police job got to be my highlight. Mm-hmm. Probably the most relatable thing that's happened in this yeah. episode. Yes. Yes. I was just happy all of her hair didn't fall out. Mr. Tompkins finally speaking to someone else, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a big deal for Esri. Mm-hmm. Was Esri starting to doubt herself whether or not he was really talking? Yeah, like from the beginning. She was just trying to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Tompkins talked to Ilson and Magpie. Didn't talk to Ferdinand. Nope. But talked to the rest of you. I don't think it hurts Esri's intimidation chances for her people to be like, ooh, <laughs> she's <laughs> there's a nut loose up there. <laughs> you know? mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we have a segment that we do each week called Player Intrusions. That's where we offer you, the listener, and XP to check out something that we think you'd really dig. This week, it is Samson's turn. Samson, what would you offer our listeners and XP to check out? I would offer the listeners and XP to check out scavenger's reign on hbo max Mm. this is another very cool animated show there's a ton of them out there now this one is about a bunch of i think basically like space truckers like kind of your blue collar space workers they're on a ship it crashes something goes wrong and they have to escape from the ship and they escape to this planet called like i can't remember the name of it but it has this alien biology that they need to contend with And what I love about the show, besides being beautifully animated and very surreal, and it's a depiction of like the natural life on this planet, is the way it depicts like this natural world. It doesn't depict it as being like overtly hostile or beneficent. It's just kind of doing its own thing. And some people benefit from it, like the stories you follow while you watch this show. Some people are benefiting from it. Others are not having a good time in any way. And it's just very cool to see like this complex ecosystem feel fully realized even though it's obviously not because it's not a whole week well it's right it's fake whatever <laughs> yeah it's just beautiful to watch and then this just the characters themselves are very uh enthralling one character is kind of going through the shit and i hate him but i don't know if i wish this upon him what's happening to him others are kind of doing a mixed bag of some good some bad others are like awakening there's a robot called levi and they are kind of awakening to this higher consciousness as like some shit gets into their circuits and it starts kind of melding with them. This robot learns how to like sing and feel. And it's very cool. Yeah. Beautiful show. Gamages Rain on HBO Max and only half hour episodes. So if you're looking for a show that only has half hour episodes, that's a good one. Awesome. I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because I had been meaning to ask you because I know you had recommended that to me earlier. And the other day I was thinking to myself, what was that name of that show that Samson recommended? And then I kept forgetting to ask you again what it was. For some reason, I've... I was also calling it like Sovereign's Ruin for a long time, and I don't know why wires got switched, but it's Scavenger's Reign on HBO Max. Okay, very cool. If people wanted to tell us what they think of Scavenger's Reign or the podcast, how would they do that, Samson? Uh, Well, we have a website, explorerswanted.fm. On there, you'll see all the socials that we are using. On Mastodon, we are at explorerswanted at dice.camp. On Blue Sky, we are at explorerswanted.fm. On Instagram and Facebook, we are at explorerswantedpodcast. And our Discord, you should come to our Discord. Hang out with us there. Find that at explorerswanted.fm slash discord. Also, if it is within your means and you're feeling generous, patreon.com slash explorerswanted is a great place to support us. And please use our dice affiliate code with Die Hard Dice. Explorers Wanted, get 10% off your order. And if you can't financially support the podcast, we totally understand. The best thing you could do for us is to tell your friends, tell them what you like about the show and why they should listen to it. Podcasts grow by word of mouth. The second best thing that you can do for us is leave us a five-star written review on a podcast directory like Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. It makes such a difference because there's so many actual plays out there. And when people are trying to figure out what they want to listen to, it's any kind of review, especially recent reviews, really help people figure out if it's a show they want to check out. And they mean the world to us. They give us the encouragement. And it's a, it's a good reminder to us that people are out there listening and enjoying the show. Help your friends get over their commitment issues by listening to Explorers Wanted. <laughs> exactly. It will exactly. change. That's all you need to do. Their life will change. And if you didn't like the podcast, or if you just thought it was meh, well, yesterday, he came into your home. No one let him in. So he squeezed his way through. He's been watching you since. He's still there in your home 
making notes, licking his lips, and toying with the edge of his knife. If you want to reach out to us individually on social media, you can. You can find me on Mastodon as Daniel at Anderlich, A-N-D-R-L-I-K dot org. Step to me, bro. You can find me on our Discord. I'm Stace Windu. That motherfucker better not be the reason I can't find any pens. I'm at Slam Potato on Twitter and at Slam Potato at Dice.Camp on Mastodon. He can play with his knife all he wants as long as he doesn't shit in my cutlery drawer like some people did. I am T with the Unicorn on Instagram, Threads, and Twitch. All right, that's it for us. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week as we will for every week in the foreseeable future. Have a good night, day, weekend, or whenever you're listening to this. And bye! bye. bye.